0: and I'm Jacinta and we're One for the Books, a book podcast for everyone. Whether you love reading or your idea of a book is a glossy mag, we have recommendations to kickstart your book club,
1: Equal Part Book Club, Ultimate Reckless and Catch Up with Your Friends. Welcome to episode four. Thank you for still listening. Again, thanks, Mum and Dad. Yeah, this is our um, faithful now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're, we're like, really getting into it. We really are.
0: (laughs) Um, So this episode, we are going to be diving into books that we want to see turned into either TV shows or movies. So books that have not already been turned into one of those two things. I love this topic so much. Oh my God, I got so much joy. And you had the brilliant idea of adding in, we've got some casting oh, yeah. that we've so had fun. to do for each of our recommendations. And that was my favorite part of like researching and getting ready for this episode. Like genuinely. Yeah. Oh my God. had so much fun. It
1: comes alive in your mind already.
0: Yes, because I feel like when you read, you picture the characters, but you're not picturing someone, like you're not picturing a celebrity or an actor. You're just, you're picturing what they're describing. Yeah. So to then take it a step further and be like, ooh, like who (laughs) could I see
1: playing this character? It was like, it was such a joy and it's like your mind it's not some director like casting director out of hollywood like you actually get to like build this world oh it's it's exciting
0: also i love that um neither of us know what the other has picked so this is really gonna be a surprise for all of us (laughs) as we go along i kind of wish we were filming because i feel like i don't have a poker face so it's like (laughs) i might be like oh my god you were gonna cast that person Um,
1: Oh, yeah, the casting is going to be so But I might not have even read to. the
0: books you've picked, so who knows? Yeah. So far, I feel like I've rarely read any of the books that you recommend, which is great, but now <laughs> my to-read to list is, like, ridiculous, and it was
1: already ridiculous. It just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. Me yeah. too. It'll never end. You well, never it, yeah, you just recommend so <laughs> many good books. <laughs> um, all right, did you want to start us off? Sure. Cool. So... So my book that I would love to be turned into a movie or a TV show, Next Year in Havana by Chanel Clayton, because I feel like out of all the books I read like in this past year, that was the one I like. I really wish I could have seen visually.
0: I'm so intrigued because I
1: feel like, yeah, you often recommend these books and I've yeah. never heard of them. What's it called so again? Next Year in Havana. So it's, it's another one of um, Reese Witherspoon's book club picks. So it's about, it's kind of... It follows um, a Cuban-American woman who's in her early 30s. She lives in Miami, but she's kind of grown up hearing stories of, um, from her family who were exiled from Cuba. So that's um, like very much part of her life. And then when her grandmother dies, she's kind of tasked to go spread her ashes in Cuba, her like, birthplace. And um, it kind of... No, it, I love this. It. it flips between the two timelines of Elisa um, who was 19 in 1958, living in Cuba, um, kind of right at the end of the revolution. And it flips back to Marisol coming back to Cuba and experiencing it in 2017.
0: So it flips between the grandmother and the granddaughter. Yes. Who had and a they're, very... like, when they're both 19, oh, the like, around bit, yeah.
1: that age. The daughter's a bit older, but okay.
0: yeah. Oh, I love this.
1: Yeah, and the reason why I think it should be a movie because I just think there's so much... There's so much there to like be able to film, like Cuba. Also, imagine
0: the outfits for the 1950s Cuba. That's like period of time. Wish I could have like seen because. But I'm like imagining marvelous Mrs. Maisel vibes, but like the Cuban cooler version. Yes,
1: exactly. Oh yeah. And Cuba is this really interesting country which I don't think people know like enough about. Where it kind of it has this really tumultuous political history. It's basically stuck in the 1950s, now in 2017. Cuba's past is kind of seen through the eyes of Elisa, who's is Marisol's grandmother in 1958. She's like this young woman from like a wealthy upper class family who starts um, a secret romance with a revolutionary who fights against the corrupt regime of um, Batista. It's this time of like Fidel Castro and Che Guevara and all of that um yeah it kind of it explores all the cultural things going on at that time and why these people were forced to exile and yeah I just I want to see Cuba in the 1950s oh yeah and like you TV. said like it would be I feel like
0: they'd be able to do it so well because so many buildings and there's so many
1: oh, elements there's of the so much current there.
0: like Cuban um environment that still looks like it could be from that yeah era. so it'd exactly. be amazing to revisit that like peak of Cuba
1: yeah and, like, yeah, that backdrop of, like, the Cultural Revolution and kind of this forbidden romance, like, is not actually, like... It's not like... It's almost like a subplot. Like, it's so much more about your kind of loyalties to your family and your country, and, <clears throat> yeah, it's really interesting in that way. Sounds so good. Yeah. Okay, so, cast. Okay, here I go. Yeah, I'm so excited. So, Elisa Perez. So, Anna de Armas, I cast as... Is that? Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah, she was born in Cuba. She's one of the few kind of actresses who was born, like, at that age and was actually born in Cuba. She's She was in the new, have you seen Knives Out? She was the girl in Knives Out. Oh,
0: she is too.
1: Yeah. Okay, yes, I've seen that movie. Also a great movie. And she's she was supposed to be in the James Bond
0: movie ah. that was out last year. So
1: she's like this up and coming. Oh God, good no yeah. choice. So I would cast her. She's stunning Okay. Also. And Marisol Ferrara, who is the granddaughter in 2017. Yeah. I would cast as Isa Gonzalez. <gasps> Love it. Yeah, who was in Baby Driver. Also, why not on Netflix? Because they just throw money into it. Like, That's
0: so true. Because I read a thing about building. Bridgerton where they said um, there's six costume designers just to make Daphne's dresses, <gasps> who's the main character in Bridgerton. So I think Bridgerton is the most expensive TV show ever made. I think it superseded The Crown. Wow. Um... Because they recreated, like, yeah, these whole sets, but each gown in Bridgerton is handmade. Anyway, side note. Worth it. Yeah,
1: that's what we need. That's we insane. need that kind of detail. Like yes. all this. All the vintage cars and, like, like, tracking shots of the architecture, the Baroque architecture and all the colours. Yes. And, like you said, the 1950s outfit. Winning. I feel like
0: Netflix or Amazon Prime, like, you got to hit those big companies, yeah. the ones that are that can, can afford to splash the cash. Yeah. And yeah. I
1: think the author, so the author actually grew up in a Cuban-American family, so she was really good at kind of explaining, explaining, like, the setting and stuff, but I just think seeing that would just be so yes. much better. It would be so vivid and colourful yeah. and vivacious. Exactly. exactly. So that's why I need it to be a TV show. Love it. Um, and then Pablo Garcia, who's a revolutionary. Yeah. That, um, that Elisa falls in love with, who she's not supposed to. Um, I would cast Diego Luna. Great choice. I know. Yeah. I love him. And then Luis Rodriguez, who is Marisol's love interest in 2017. I would cast Oscar Isaac. Oh, these are great choices. And it was just, yeah. I was like, that is what it fits in my mind. Oh, this is great. The character's a bit brooding, a bit mm. of a grumpy kind of sort of... It's that kind of will they, won't they again, which I love, which... Ugh, I find that
0: so frustrating sometimes at the plot point. It's great if it's done well, but like if it's not, you're like, oh my God, just make a decision. And oh my God, get I'm the complete opposite. I'm like,
1: give me more. <gasps> <No>. Drag it out. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then another important character is Anna, who... Anna Rodriguez, who was Elisa's best friend um, growing up in Cuba, and then she's also still present. She's still alive in 2017. And I would love Rita Moreno to play her. Oh, my God, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm a massive West Side Story fan. Oh, my God, amazing. she's Puerto Rican. um, It's it's the next country over, but I just feel like it's very reminiscent of West Side Story. There's a lot of kind of – so I think that would be, like, a great (sighs) – yeah, and she's she's funny and incredible and I just think she'd be perfect. Oh my god, for that I role. love that. Yeah, so that's my kind of cast of the main characters. Oh, okay. Hopefully you're picturing like 1950s Cuba in I your really head. am. I'm imagining really colorful houses, yes. the beautiful 50s outfits,
0: the music on every side mus- corner, yes. the smell of all the food. Oh, yeah, if only movies could be
1: 4D and you could smell the food it would oh, be the, new, next, the level. next frontier. This is this is See, this is why they've put it off for so long. <laughs>
0: They're waiting for that. They're waiting for Smell-O-Vision.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, and also I kind of it's a book that I kind of connected to emotionally because it's also like an immigrant story, and I feel like a lot of people whose parents or grandparents were born in a different country, you're. It's this really interesting kind of dichotomy. You are. It's like a part of you. It's in your blood. You're raised in that culture and kind of language. But there's also a certain disconnect when you go back and visit that country because you're not quite, in this case, not quite Cuban, not quite American. So yeah. she kind of, the character Marisol really explores that really well and it's something I related to. Sort
0: of that like um, both and neither yeah. Um, yeah. where you fall almost between the gaps and you're exactly. othered on both sides, like both from your yeah. home country in some sense in the country you were born into and maybe grew up in. Yeah, yeah, that would be really tricky to navigate that diaspora. And I think Chanel,
1: because she grew up in Miami, Mm. in Florida, also like great backdrop. Yeah, exactly for like their TV shows. Exactly. Yeah. Um, she kind of she had that experience down pat, and I really appreciated that. So good. So what was the book called again? Because I have a shocking memory. So it's next year in Havana by Chanel Clayton. Good. I love
0: books where you can really um. There's like. Such a vividness to being able to picture the like scenery, the landscape, the characters, the outfits, like the whole thing. Yeah, that's why I was like, this is perfect.
1: So good.
0: I want to see it. Yeah, I do too after just hearing that. I mean, I also want to read it, but like, I really want to see that. Um, Okay, my first recommendation is The Dictionary of Lost Words by Pip Williams.
1: You've recommended this book to me, and I really, really want to read it. I think I've recommended this book to like every single person
0: I know. um it came out in 2019 or 2020 i'm not sure which um actually the author lives in adelaide which like shout out we're from adelaide and it's like a big deal she She lives here here, no so she lives in the adelaide hills via the uk and sydney so she's from the uk And I think when she first moved to Australia, moved to Sydney, and then has settled in the Adelaide Hills. But like, we can claim her; she lives here. So it's her the author's first foray into long form fiction. So I think she's done like some shorter, like collection of essays kind of vibes before. Um, But man, for me, this book has it all. It took me a little while to get into. That's probably my only caveat, only because I feel like it's one of those books where um, they almost need to go really slow at the beginning. And it feels a little bit frustrating and too slow-moving, but it you need that for the payoff at the end. Mm. Like, you need that richness of that character development in that, like, first quarter or third, where at the time you're kind of like, oh, I'm just sort of waiting for this to kick into gear. Okay. But then when you get into it, you're like, oh, like, you have such an affinity with the character because of all of that work at the beginning. Nice, yeah. So, yeah, that it does... it. It is a bit slow fame. moving. Yes, it's definitely worth it if you're like struggling with the first little part of it. Um, so to me, for me, this is a powerhouse combination of history, um, powerful storytelling, and it's set against the backdrop of some pretty huge events, okay. particularly in the earliest early 20th century in the UK. So things like the women's suffrage movement, <gasps> um, World War One, like there's quite a so lot it's a going on. Period piece.
1: <clears throat> it's a period piece. Yeah, yeah. Amazing for like adaptations.
0: Yeah, right. Um, but it it tri- so it basically um, follows one woman's whole life. So there's so much there. Like there'd be so many different eras. Oh, wow. So it's um, basically about this woman whose father wor- is working on the first ever Oxford English Dictionary. So he's a lexicographer, wow. and he's a single parent because her mum passed away. And so she's sort of experiencing this world of words. Um, and the title's also really great because she, I guess this is a small spoiler alert, but not really, um, is that she starts to realise that a lot of the words that people from different classes speak aren't getting included because the the, um, parameters for a word getting included in the dictionary is that they have to have been written somewhere. They have to have a reference for it. So a lot of spoken words weren't getting included. And so there was quite a classist, elitist Uh issue where like a lot of working people had this really robust vocabulary, but because it's not been referenced anywhere, particularly in that era, Um, it meant that it wasn't getting included, even though it was used all the time. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, Also, like, I'm about to drop a word that a lot of people don't love, but they do talk about the word cunt in this book, which I just... It's my favourite word ever, so I love that. They're <laughs> okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so my casting. Also, please forgive me, I read this book so long ago I've forgotten some of the characters' names, and I tried Googling and like still couldn't find some of them. So I've just given them their like job title because I literally couldn't think of their names. Um so Esme is the main character, and I think Carrie Mulligan would be like the best fit, and maybe like Millie Bobby Brown for, like, some younger versions of her. I feel like Carrie Carrie Malligan could play her through, like, more of the late 20s onwards, but, like, Millie Bobby Brown could play the teen, early 20s version. And, like, both incredible actresses. Right, and I feel like they've got a similar acting style, so it could work. Um beautiful. Um, Esme's father, Harry, I think should be Martin Freeman. Ooh. I feel like he's got that, like, gooby um but like really endearing kind of quality that I feel like her dad had. Like he was yeah. really sweet but like a bit of a goof. Where you're like, oh <laughs> dad. Like it was a bit of a that Lovable. kind of vibe. Yeah. Um nice. Lizzie I think should be Florence Pugh, so she was in Little Women if you've watched that movie, yeah. which is also great. Um Mr. Murray, so he is like running the whole department that they're working on for the um Oxford English Dictionary, I think it should be Idris Elba. Ooh, because I on. feel like he's got that like gravitas, yeah, and the like regal, yes. like I own this place, kind of a yeah. He authority carries himself, figure. yes, Love perfect her. authority figure. Um, and so then I think his two daughters should be Natalie Emmanuel, who was Love in her. Game of Thrones, yes. um, and Pearl Mackey, who, if anyone's a Doctor Who fan, she was in Peter Capaldi's Doctor Who seasons as um, I can't remember what her character name was now. But anyway, she's great. I think they'd be really like fun and quirky, and like they kind of push the boundaries in their own way with like their personalities. Yeah. Um. I think the house cook. I feel like this sounds mean just calling her the house cook, but Dame Judy Dench would be really good. Uh, yes. That like no nonsense, tells it out like it is, explains the world to Esme because she's quite naive. Okay. Interesting. Um. And then probably some of my favourite characters in the book are the people that work in the market area. And there's two women in particular, and again, can't remember the names, apologies. One, I think, should be Lena Hedy, who was also in Game of Thrones, who played Cersei. Um, and Joanna Lumley oh, <laughs> from yes. Abbath. I feel like she'd be so funny as that, like, just yeah. scathing, like, sarcastic kind of
1: person. Great comedic timing.
0: Yeah. And then there's two women who play a really central role in the book. Um, who are kind of like her aunts and mentors, I guess. So they're older women, Mm -hmm. but they're both like spinsters for their time, but they're basically like single women who are like carving their own career and they're actually helping with the, um, Oxford English Dictionary. I think they should be Dawn French and Elizabeth Tan, who was in Emily in Paris. She'd be great. There's another character that I think should be, that you need a cast, but I don't want to say it because it's a massive spoiler for, like, a really big plot point. So, like, I'll leave it there and maybe we can put that in the blog or if people are interested in <laughs> one of the characters that appears at the end of the book, <laughs> I can give you my advice on who I think that should be. Oh, my
1: gosh, I need to say this right now. Yeah, so That's good, though, good right? Like, a quaint
0: little, like, English village, like, you know, in Oxfordshire, like, yes. oh, it'd just be so nice. There's yes. elements that come to Australia, like, in the very last parts of the book. Really? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah.
1: be so good oh my gosh, I need to read this and then I need it to be made
0: into a series. Yeah, so I think it should be a TV show. Oh, it could be a movie, but I feel like a TV show would do it more justice. Well, because you said it was like about her whole Mm. life, so that makes sense. You could break it up a lot easier and I think it'd be easier to follow as an audience as well. Good point. Yeah. What's your second and
1: final... So... my second one is um my favorite books from childhood oh my god I love this and I was shocked that he had never been made into a movie or a tv series when I was kind of doing my research so it's the magic faraway tree series by Enid Blyton oh
0: my god have you ever read them <clears throat> I can't remember no I think I read the fat no the famous five or whatever it yes. was I read that series yeah. I I feel like I remember seeing it, but I can't remember
1: now whether I ever read that book, that series. So this is, it was just my all-time favourite books as a kid. I think it's what made me a reader. I think it's what made me so interested Mm. in books. I love this world. And I was just, I couldn't believe that it had never been, it had never made it onto screen. I think in the late 90s, there were these really small snippets of, like, five-minute episodes. Right. But did not do it justice. It was, like, cartoon. But also, how can you do anything justice in (laughs) five-minute episodes? Exactly. Like, you basically just get into it and it's over. (laughs) And I know so many people whose these books were so important to them Mm. and kind of super formative. Yeah. And, like, it should be passed on to the next generation in, like, because now this is, like, peak TV, peak, kind of. Cinema and all that. So it needs to be adapted into like a movie. Although caveat, Ina Blyton, like (laughs) very
0: problematic. Yeah. In hindsight, now that we're all a little bit more, slightly more aware of different things, she was very racist. Oh my gosh. So hopefully, like the adapt the adapted version for like TV or movie would be like at least a little bit better on that front.
1: Well, that was part of my reason why I want to see it remade Mm. because it was written in 1939 mm. and you can kind of there is some elements where you can tell that it was written then so i would love like an updated more modern version <laughs> so basically the magic faraway tree follows these three children who move into a new house and then the backdrop of their house is like a magical forest Okay, this sounds familiar. Maybe I have read this. You probably you probably have. Mm. I feel like it's pretty standard. Mm. And they discover this magic fireway tree where at the top of the tree there's a different land every so often. Yeah. And it's just a really interesting, like, cast of characters. And it's, like, it's a funny book. It's interesting. There's also – it's also a little weird. It's a little weird me, and it's a really – in the
0: kids' book. Yeah, it's
1: a little weird and it's a little dark. So I would love someone like Wes Anderson to, like, take <gasps> it on – Oh, my God, yes. I feel like he would be so good at kind of painting that picture and, yeah, embracing that weirdness instead of, like, having that magic and that kind of frivolity that it has. Also, the visuals of that would be, like, next level. Yeah, because it's a... It's a children's book. It's a children's series. But yeah. You could do so many things, like revisit the kids when they're older, so you could do it to, like, an adult audience. I oh got, like, a sequel. Yeah. So I want it updated for now. You need to write this screenplay. Yeah. Sorry. That's why I was like, what would I really want? And they've never done it, so... Yeah. I need... I need this to be... You need this in a your series. life ASAP. Exactly. It's also, yeah. like, a super <laughs> formative... Series for me. But it's also, very like,
0: important. don't you think that, like, that's a big thing at the moment where there's a lot of nostalgia, particularly in Hollywood yes. and TV shows? So, this is like perfect for that, where you're exactly. almost guaranteed an audience because heaps of people are going to have read this or be familiar with it. Like, it's 100%. perfect. Yeah, in a world like full of remakes and kind of sequels. Exactly. The work's half done for them. <laughs> exactly. Well, <Why haven't laughs> I haven't really done casting this yet? for them. So, yeah. So, you know, we're making their job very easy. This was actually really hard
1: because I was like, kid actors?
0: Kid actors are. Of- difficult.
1: (laughs) It was hard. Maybe just cast a sequel of like like, adult. I don't know. (laughs) Hit me
0: up if your kid is an actor.
1: (laughs) So for Joe, who's the older brother, I would um, cast Jacob Tremblay, who was in Wonder the movie and also Room. You would feel like oh my you would... god! I know him from Room. Yes, yeah. yes,
0: yes. Great. You would know his
1: face. Great. I think he's so talented. I think if
0: this was me, I would just cast all of the people from Stranger Things because they're the only child actors I know.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I legit almost did that, but they they feel a bit too old. Yeah, because they're so much older. These now. are there's like you can't find anyone who's young. Oh yeah. But for Bess, for Bessie, I um, picked McKenna Grace. Who, have you seen um, Designated Survivor? No, I've never well, seen the kid this. in that. And she's also super cute, super funny. Okay. One of those, like, precocious, like, little kids. Perfect. And then for Fanny, who's the youngest of the kids, I would like Brooklyn Prince, who, have you seen um, oh, The Florida Project? No.
0: So she's oh the God, kid McCana in that. Oh, my looks like the chick that was in um, Mad Men. The, and then Sabrina. Cannon Ship. Sh- shipker yeah they look exactly the same to yeah, me very same vibe wait and then what was that third person brooklyn prince brooklyn this name sounds really familiar she was
1: not i think she was like nominated for a bunch of awards for the florida project and she was like the youngest nominee she's also incredible
0: okay, she's 10 this blows my mind she was born in 2010 <laughs>
1: that's Scary, yeah. That's
0: fucked up. <laughs> Never felt older. Sure. So I was like, I'm gonna pick <laughs> the
1: most talented kid actors that I can think also, of. Love this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Feel like a good kind of mix. Yeah. For like brothers and sisters. Yeah. Like different enough to have their own personalities and stuff. Yeah. If we're doing like the exact same remake, not like an older one. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like um the kind of the inhabitants of the tree. Oh. Which is, so there's a character called Moonface. What a name. Yeah. I love
0: that.
1: Who has a literal moonface. <laughs> Sounds like it could be terrifying if done wrong. <laughs> that's what it, it's like, there's an aspect to it that's a little dark, a little yeah. kind of, a little weird. And I would love someone funny to do it. So I was thinking like Zach Kalifanakis. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's who
0: I pictured in my face. Yes. Okay. The between two, fa- he's got the dryness that I feel like yeah. in a kids movie, you've got to appeal to like the exactly. parents as well. And I feel like that's it's half of the one. parents, half of the right? kids, the kids, yeah. the
1: parents have to accompany the kids. Exactly. They don't want to be bored out of their <laughs> mind for two hours. Yeah. And then, um, the other character's is pen man. Oh my god, these names. Are the Who has best. a saucepan on his head? <laughs> oh my god,
0: this is like if Alice in Wonderland had a baby with Wizard of Oz, it would be these names. It's literally this. This is where <laughs> I think,
1: I mean, you can see Enid Blyden's working a lot of people like Roald Dahl and even JK Rowling. Like, Yeah. She's super influential to those kind of writers. So I would want someone like a bit kooky. So yeah. my fave is Thomas Middleditch. Who's that? So he's in Silicon Valley. I think he is so funny. Could Miss, what is it, Mr.
0: Saucepan Head? Yeah, Saucepan Man. Saucepan Man. Could Saucepan Man be Saucepan Woman? Because I feel like Helena Bonham Carter, like the vibe you've yes, described, I feel like, unique. But she can play the darkness if that's yes. required of that character, but she's also that, like, just super weird. Yes, I love cook. this. Like, she's just, she could be perfect. And,
1: like, if Tim Burton wants to do it, I mean. It would work too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wait, because they used, were they the ones that were married? Oh, yeah,
1: they got and a divorce. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but they used to like own separate houses next door to each other. I loved that. A lot of relationship. They lived separately because they like both really valued their own time. But I think that they even had like a little connector hallway thing between the houses. Um, So they would live independently, but like also effectively to get like very privileged rich people because like who can afford two houses?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh! And I kind of almost want the tension of like. A divorced husband and wife, like Fleetwood Mac, like Abba. That's when their best music came out. I want that kind of tension. You want that there. like tense art. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, I really love dedicated that. to their art. <laughs> and then Silky the Fairy, I want as Zoe Kravitz. Oh my
0: god, did you see her in the High Fidelity, Fidelity. reboot? God damn, she's a gorgeous woman. I'm devastated
1: that that has been cancelled. I, I loved same. that I mean, series. I loved it, and also the chick that works in the record shop with her. My favorite. She's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's my cast of characters for the Magic Faraway series. A bit of a, a curveball, but it's one no, I 1-0. love that. Such a different pick. Yeah, I want to see it on the screen. Yes, I do too. It would make my five-year-old life... <laughs> my five-year-old self-wife. gratification in yeah. the ultimate way. I've been waiting for two decades. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, Wes Anderson in doing um, Enid Blyden's The Magic Faraway Tree. Yeah, so good. Um, what's your next one? Um,
0: okay, my... Final recommendation for book that I want to be seen um, as a... For this one, I think it's definitely a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually an Australian author, and it was her, her first or second... I think it might be her second novel. Um, it's called It's Been a Pleasure, Noni Blake um, by Claire Christian. She's um, a Queensland author. I actually followed her on Instagram for years and then saw her posting about this book, and that was the only reason I picked it up is because I was already familiar with her that way. Um, and I didn't really expect to like it, like mm. not in a mean way, but I've read a couple of books by people I follow on Instagram and they're like a bit shit. Um, it's hard
1: to kind of, um, translate that into, yeah, like, a book. actually probably a contemporary romance book, which like for Anna, someone that
0: has said that they <laughs> don't I'm love so proud romance, of you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Five stars. Um, yeah. For someone that says they don't love romance. Yeah. Curveball of my own. Um, it's. But to me, it's also about, so the main character, Noni, I think it's about her falling in love with herself. There's definitely, yeah. like, more um, cliche, like, romances that happen in the book that give you that sense of, like, oh, like, love triangle and all of that kind of stuff. But To get you in, to hook yeah, you in. Yeah, but there's something, it's about her finding herself. So she's in her early 30s, um, and she basically decides to go on this thing that she calls a pleasure quest. So she decides to say yes to anything that's going to bring her joy or that she wants to do, regardless of whether it makes her feel uncomfortable or she's, like, second-guessing herself.
1: Oh, wow. You know, like,
0: so she gets a tattoo. She goes and lives overseas for a little while. Like, it's – she just says yes to these really big things that she's always wanted to do. Yeah. It just feels really fresh. Like, it's a romance novel without it feeling stale or – yeah, it just feels relatable. Like, if I think most people would be able to relate to this book, it's kind of like Bridget Jones vibes, oh. but like a modern day better version.
1: Love this. Yeah. So cool.
0: Okay, so casting. Yes. Um. So, yeah, it's an Australian novel, so I felt like I had to pick some Australian characters, but then it's also sort of set in the UK, so there's a bit of a blend. Okay. So, I think Noni should be Megan Jane Crabb. So if anyone follows Body Posse Panda on Insta, it's yeah. her. Yeah,
1: oh, I love her.
0: So basically, this made me realise how fucking few famous Australian actresses there are that are fat. Like, it just... Oh, my God, yeah. I literally was Googling for so long, and aside from Rebel Wilson, they Shit. don't exist. Like, in a well-known, actually-get-cast-in-shit way, like, this isn't a thing. And it made me really fucking angry and sad. Yeah. God. Because, like... Fuck Hollywood. (laughs) You know, like and a lot of the time I even was like then I started googling like body positive or like fat female influences because I was like, maybe that's where it is. And then some yeah. of them I'm like, mm, you're like a size ten. That's not the same. Yeah. And um, put into
1: that category.
0: Yeah. But I feel like the Body posy panda, like so Megan, would be yes, so I love good. Her. Because she's a really quirky, like she's got colourful hair and she's a little bit wild in a way that I think Noni is deep down. Mm. And so that would need to come out in the in the show. Um the so there's a character in the show called The Viking. Okay. Which is a love interest when she's living in Scotland. And I would cast Sam Hugan. Oh yeah. So I mean, if anyone's watched Outlander, (laughs) the babe from Outlander, who is shirtless for like eighty (laughs) percent of that show. The reason why most
1: people watch
0: it. I mean, probably the only reason (laughs) people watch it. Because but like he would need to have heaps of tattoos. Also couldn't find heaps of like younger Scottish actors that sort of fit the bill for that Viking vibe. Good point, yeah. Yeah. So him, um, Lyndall, who is her best friend in the book, I think should be Benjamin Law. I love him. He's like my famous, uh, my famous, my favorite Australian writer of all time. Okay. And there's like a, that, that humor that like, yeah. I feel like that sarcastic, like that best friend vibe would fit yeah. so well with him. Like a good one. Um, Graham, who is Lindell's husband, I think should be Tom Ballard. Okay. Yeah. Because he's like a very straight laced, not that Tom Ballard is straight-laced, but he's a little bit more conservative than, like, yeah. you can imagine that, Benjamin Moore image. would be. Yeah. Um, Great one. Molly is another love interest character um, in the book. I think should be Caitlin Stacy. She used to oh, be neighbors. in Neighbours. Yeah. Either that or if she could pull it off, which I think she can because she does all of the accents, is Jodie Comer from <sighs> yes. Killing Eve, because also she's a babe and I feel like she has that, coldness
1: that the Song molly character has heiress from sydney you know that bit in killing eve oh my god yes okay so she say that she's all... already it's like one of the best australian accents i've heard It's which really is like good her and kate
0: winslet are probably the only two that have oh ever god, nailed yeah. an australian accent what, what's that line sun
1: cream air from sydney <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm gonna go google this later so Love yeah that. i think jodie coma would be my like ultimate pick mm. because there's like a coldness and a um, like, you know, she wears leather jackets and it's just a bit, um, cool. vague, which Love I it. think would like really fit Jodie Comer's vibe. And like phenomenal actress. Right. She has a, again, this is classic me, forgot a character's name. Um, but she has a, she makes a friend while she's living overseas. Who's like this older woman and she's like quite a famous photographer um and I feel like Emma Thompson would be great as yeah. her. Yeah, nice. Um and then there's like she has really close friends when she's living in the UK as well. They're like this fashionable British couple. I think David... we oh my gonna want to
1: read this. I know,
0: David Oliowo and Naomi Scott. Oh, um, Naomi on. Scott played Jasmine in the Aladdin yeah. um, reboot recently. I feel like they would be, like, perfect. They're, like, the uber cool, oh beautifully dressed, like, Already kind of wealthy, like, great career kind of couple. Yes. yes. Oh my god, love this cast. Oh my god, I had so much fun. This was the one I was like, yeah. yes! I was just, like, enjoying it. Except for, like, the bullshit of not being able to find, oh, like, yeah. a fat actress, who is yeah. Australian, yeah, seemed really fucking disappointing. Not that there's many in general, because, he, like, yeah. It's What's, a um
1: issue that... Do you remember? Have you watched Shrill? Oh, Aidy Bryant. Yes. I feel I like... Her.
0: I mean, Aidy Bryant. But then I also hate that, that it's like, you think of one actress, and then she gets cast in everything, because she's one of the only... Mm. Like fat actresses that people feel comfortable to cast, or that is yeah. well known enough that they want to cast her. Or it's like Melissa McCarthy, like that's the other one the that older people... version now, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Also, Shrill is like one of my favourite TV shows. Shrill all time. is such a good oh. one. Also, a great book that it's based on. Oh, yeah, by um, Mindy West's West West's autobiography. It's so good. I met her when she came to Adelaide Writers Week. What was that? And I like? I fangled so hard. I like just was shaking and walked up with my book and I was like, um, I love you, you're such an inspiration. Can you please sign my book? Hey, okay, thanks. Oh, my God. And then I just sat there awkwardly while she signed it. <laughs> She was so lovely, though. She Incredible! I like, oh like she was so genuine, so so good. Meet your idols. Sometimes they <laughs> they are amazing, especially
1: authors. I mm. feel like it, it's a good experience when you get. to I feel do like that. they're
0: always really grateful, right? Like, yeah. They're never well. I'm sure there's arseholes out there that are maybe more famous. Off day. Anyway, yeah. she was great. Yeah, that's my that's my two wrecks. So oh gosh. that was um. It's been a Pleasure Noni Blake by Claire Christian. Oh, I just want to read that now. Honestly, I think it's one you might be able to read in one go. You won't need to Do multitask with more Do than one think? book. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon.
1: Yeah. Okay. I have a habit of starting a bunch of books and not finishing them. <laughs> um, I
0: have a quick question. Yes. Um, what's your favourite adaptation that's ever happened? Like book to TV show or movie? Oh my god, ever. Yeah. Ever, ever.
1: Forever, ever. It makes me think of the um, Outcast one. (laughs) I don't. Well, I I put one down that was like a recent one. I don't think I have an all time one. What was was so difficult? So, um, I loved the book Unorthodox The Scandalous (gasps) Rejection of My Hasidic Roots by Deborah Feldman.
0: I haven't read the book, but how fucking good was that TV show? I just think they did it. Incredible.
1: So. It was adapted into a um, like a limited series by Netflix called Unorthodox.
0: There's only like four episodes or something. Yeah, it's
1: like super kind of quick, but like the way they did it, like Deborah was actually like on set the whole time. She helped write it. I just think that was done so well and it's such a touching so that I thought that was incredible. Oh, that's and such they, a good one. They did it so much justice. It's a powerful show.
0: Yeah. Like it leaves
1: you thinking about it for a really long time
0: afterwards. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's based about this um this girl who grows up in like a really traditional Jewish Hasidic family. Yeah. And all of the cultural norms and the kind of life that she leaves and she yeah, like the book says, she rejects it and jets off to Berlin. So yeah, I think watch, read the book and then watch the TV series. Yeah. They're both great. Do you want to know mine? Yes, please. So is this your all-time? Yeah. I'm so impressed that you could pick one. And it's quite recent. Okay. And I feel like it's also very predictable. I
0: think I know what this is. <laughs> I think
1: you do too.
0: Um, Normal People by yes! Sally Rooney. <laughs> yes. Holy shit, I think it's one of the few instances where a TV show is better than a book. Because I preferred conversations with friends to normal people. See, that's which is, really interesting. I know.
1: Can I say something? Yeah. I wish. Um. I wish that. Oh, what's her name? I'm forgetting her Marianne. name. Marianne. Marianne. The casting of that. Oh, <gasps> you I didn't had, like her. I just think when I read the book, she's described a bit more rough around the edges. True. A bit more of an outcast, and it's we were talking. I will be talking about like when they cast like. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, people. people were
0: talking about it in an earlier episode where, um, because Eleanor Oliphant's getting turned into a yes. movie, and we were saying that we're concerned with yes. like possible casting
1: around that yeah. character, and that um, that was a bit of a disappointment for me because I right. think I, ca- I understand that that character of Marianne was kind yeah. of yeah. <laughs> Although Connell. Mm. <laughs> I mean, what a start. I mean, saw a reason, yeah. I would, I think, yeah. the TV show like you said, is almost better. I think because in the book, there's the
0: two timelines. Yeah. And I think because each chapter, well, not two timelines, but it's literally just one character each per per chapter. And so I think in the book, it's like you have to read two chapters to read the same scene, like basically the same scene, whereas in a TV show, obviously, it can just happen all at once where – Um, it's really clear like what's happening and what their experiences are in that moment there's something it's just a little bit more digestible for the brain I think to process the emotional intensity of some of those moments To finish, wrap things up, what's your general recommendation for this Ooh.
1: for this week, this fortnight? So this week I saw a promising young woman. <gasps> I'm going to see her in a few days. You're gonna love it. I'm gonna what? it is so good. It completely blew me away. I saw it a couple of days ago and I'm still thinking about that ending. I've um, heard this Roxane Gay um, has started a book newsletter.
0: Oh, of yeah. her own, which is also amazing. You should go sign up for it. I think it's called Audacious Woman or yes. Audacity. It's Love one it. of one or the other. Um and she talked about that in one of her yes. e newsletters and it was so interesting. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's um so it's written and directed by Emerald Fennel, who um wrote the second season of Killing Eve. Who again, I feel like we say this every episode, but who are these fucking incredibly <laughs> talented people? How can you do it
0: all? She's also um <sighs> in the crown. Um, Camilla parker Bowles. Camilla in she The plays, Crown. She plays, like,
1: plays young Camilla. She's also Camilla in The Crown. I mean, come on. Yeah, 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 How, like, the range. Like, that, like, you've hit everything, right?
0: You're, like, you're in yeah. one of Netflix's most successful TV shows of all time. Yeah. Then you've worked with Phoebe Waller-Bridge on Killing Eve, which is yeah. just, like, F off. Also one of the most amazing TV shows oh, of all time.
1: Completely. And then you write a fucking phenomenal screenplay. Yeah, it is so good. It follows um, Carrie Mulligan, oh, which
0: throwback to earlier in the earlier episode. I was episode. like, did I mention no. it. Yeah, who, um,
1: <laughs> is kind of on a mission to avenge her friend's sexual assault.
0: Okay, don't give me any spoilers because I, like, I hate I knowing things about movies before I go in.
1: It is. Uh, I feel like I have to preface this. It is uh, relatively dark. It's kind of it's along like the same morning
0: kind of. Yeah, vibes. definitely. Okay.
1: It deals a lot with. Um, sexual assault and kind of blaming culture and all of that. Um, it's on the same lines of like I may destroy you. So if you liked that, you're like, I just started watching thanks to you. Oh my gosh. It's dark. (laughs) But yeah, this was I the soundtrack to this was incredible. It has the best use of um Paris Hilton's Stars Are Blind I've ever seen in my life. Maybe the only use of Paris Hilton's <laughs> <when> Star Supply. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's such a good saying.
0: Fuck off that they included that <laughs> in the soundtrack.
1: It's, okay, you have all oh the my music God, I'm in that is, it. is incredible. Like, oh, it this movie blew me away. So okay. go see it in the cinemas if it's still in the cinemas, or I'm sure you can buy it after. But yeah, highly recommend Promising oh, Young Woman. I
0: love this. Okay.
1: Um, How about you? What have you been kind of interested in.
0: Um, so by the time this comes out, um Adelaide Riders Week is gonna be like just around the corner. <gasps> Very excited. About um it. love that it's mostly still free, but for the first time ever this year they're um offering some online, like they're streaming some of them. Thank God honestly. But they you have to pay for them, which I have I don't know. I understand in some ways, but I'm also the cynic in me is wondering whether they're doing it to test the waters to see whether they can start to charge which for the event so in the future, which would be devastating and elitist because yeah. part of the beauty of it is that it it takes away that elitism of the literary world and anyone is allowed to go there and can go there. And I came from, like, um, like my high school was a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know that they did excursions um, for some English classes to come down to Writers Week, and it's like, really you know, a shitty public school oh, wow. group of kids – couldn't have afforded the excursion in addition to to, to, to that. Yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like um, I'd be really pissed off if they
1: paid a charge yeah. thing. No, that's a really good point. Um, but at least you can kind of experience it from wherever you are in the world. In, this a, year. in a COVID
0: era, I feel like yeah. we can't not offer some streaming of all the element. years to do it. Yeah, that. they had to.
1: This is one of my favorite festivals in all of it's this the best. State. Yeah. It's free. I just
0: feel like it's you know it's set in beautiful gardens and quality quality content as well and they pick a really interesting group of people yeah i'm really excited for the people they do have (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, we'll pop all of these um, recommendations and books in our show notes. Yes. Yeah. Um, like always, please get in touch with us on social. We're one for the books pod if you agree or disagree with us or yes. have any other books that Give you want to see. Give
1: recommendations and things yes. that should be turned
0: into. Yeah. Or if you disagree with our casting choices, like if yes. you've read our books and you're like, ugh, no, I cannot
1: see. Everyone, like,
0: everyone pictures it differently. Totally. Like really want to hear from you, so please
1: also, it's really, it's like easy to find TV shows that have already been adapted. It's hard yes, to find
0: Yes, I really struggle with it. Yeah. Yes. And there was somewhere I was like, oh, they've already, they've been optioned. <laughs> they're already about <laughs> to be turned into something. <laughs> um,
1: thanks for listening. Wear one for the books. Yeah, see you next time. Happy reading. Happy reading.